Welcome to Shifting Sprouts with your host Ben and Janika. We're a family of four moving from the prairies to the ocean during a pandemic. We'll be documenting our journey, having a laugh amongst the WTF moments, and discussing topics surrounding moving overseas in today's age. Whether you're moving for love, work, family, or purpose, we hope that you can take a nugget away for your own journey. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to our very first episode of Shifting Sprouts. Today we're going to kick it off and dive into who we are, uh, why we're doing this, and then just really set the tone for the rest of the series, whatever that looks like in the end. So our hope is just to keep this episode short and sweet. We'll likely start with an update on our journey or situation, chat about a topic, and then finish off with a WTF moment maybe have a laugh, a cry or a discussion. I don't know. It depends what they are. So yeah, nice to meet you. So I'm Janika and I'm one of your hosts and this is... Hi everyone, I'm Ben. Janika and I have been together for the past five years, married for over, well, almost two years now. We got married in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I should know this. (laughs) I'm like, what year is it today? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We have two small children. Um, one is about 20 months. The other one is just coming up on six months old. Um, both pandemic babies. So yeah. that uh, we have some challenges with that. But um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of reach out and tell our story about, uh, you know, the challenges we're facing trying to get home right now and uh, being an international couple um, yeah. where we, you know, we're always going to have family on both sides of the world and uh, how we're trying to navigate this going forward. Yeah, so true, Ben. And we, you know, when we started the journey of figuring out, okay, we're actually going to come home to Australia at this time, because we've been discussing it, like Ben started his immigration process into Australia in 20, which year? 2019. Yeah, 2019. So it's been a couple years coming and, you know, it's just been time and time again telling our friends and family this is what we're doing this is what we're doing and then we classic pick the hardest time in modern history for us to try and move into a country that's really put the doors up on stopping any movement really from people in and out so it's been challenging and we're so not alone with that like there has just been so many people sharing their stories and feeling almost silenced by not having people back home like understand the severity of trying to get back and it it wasn't as simple as you know you book a flight and away you go like there's been some hardships and I think the catalyst for us to press record on this was we're not even through the hardest bit yet and it's so up in the air with every day changing and just we found ourselves now in the position of being homeless and we sold our car, we stopped our jobs, and we've got these two kids. And then all of a sudden, the government pulled the rug out from us again and said, you know what, we're going to stop international arrivals again by X amount. And at the moment, our flight, who had 36 people uh, booked for it on the 23rd of September, yeah, uh, all of a sudden got told, ah, no, you've got to reduce that to like 10 or 8 or whatever that number is for that day but it's significantly lower than what it is now. And so like so many people, we're just awaiting this dreaded call of, hey, you know how you thought you were going to go home on this date? Well, uh, not anymore. And the next flights are, when were they, Ben? 
we're looking at probably February and it's only getting further out every every day so it may be you know end of February beginning of March kind of thing to get you know dual flights one for my a ticket for myself and my wife and then you know with the two kids two um, kids on the lap yeah just to kind of paint a picture for you for you folks we're we're sitting on the floor at my okay. auntie's house in the basement trying to record <laughs> so this glamorous. while our kids are taking a nap um because we have we have sold our house we've sold our car um my you know i've wrapped up my job and my business and uh we we have no idea now really when we're when we're going to be able to get home so there's uh and we're very fortunate that we have we have family and people willing to look after us here and you know as we'll we'll kind of touch upon many many people are not as fortunate but still we're talking about a a massive inconvenience and a whole lot of well lack of stability stability. for two young children that you know are australian citizens and I'm an Aussie and lived my whole life in Australia and can't wait to get home. It's funny, uh, we had a friend yesterday ask us, you know, what are you looking forward to the most about going home? And I had an answer for her immediately. I was like, I cannot wait to eat good fish and chips with chicken salt. I miss it so much. (laughs) And champagne, of course. And some champagne on the beach because when we finally get there and feel like, oh man, we've made it, like who knows what the journey to get there is going to look like. But we, um, you know... Also, to, I guess, give some background on us, we're both, we're in Canada. I don't even know if we mentioned that. We probably can hear it in Ben's accent. So, yeah, we're in Canada. Super lucky to be in a country like that. Um, And we are just trying to get back home as soon as possible, but, like, completely understanding that there's other people that are in way worse situations. But I think the thing that really surprised me was just once I started joining these Facebook groups um, and like, honestly, Facebook's been incredible for community. So if you are out there and you are also a stranded Aussie, have a look into that Facebook group because there's a lot of help going in there. But um, what Facebook groups are you, are you a part of that you're, so, you're noticing the most yeah, interaction on? Yeah, I really love the Aussies um, in quarantine facilities. That's been a good one because they've had some good advice on what that looks like you know sometimes you'll be on that bus waiting to get into that hotel for five plus hours and you've not eaten and you've got small children um there's been people helping each other out with which delivery services to best get because they won't have efficient meals or food for their children there's that lady there who uh she didn't have formula for her baby yes. and like there's no way that she could get it and then on that she posted on that group and then someone actually ran out and brought her formula and brought her from formula Sydney. Yeah. yeah like so that's like incredible that's like aussie to me right like yeah. that's the type of behavior that you want to see but these groups have been really helping each other i mean even i posted and just kind of gave an update on our story which you know so many people were connecting with and saying you know you should be talking about this and like try and get the word out there which is kind of why we want to press record on this but they were saying you know there's so many people that can help you just get your word out and we had one lady actually get in contact with us and be like hey I I have a house that's standing still and in the city that you live in and if you need a place to live like you can live here and it's like oh my gosh it's incredible that you know, other Australians are helping each other when they're also struggling to try and get home. And yet, you know, it's it's really difficult to get that help anywhere else at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should touch on kind of, um, you know, the, the situation in Australia right now. Yeah. Um, you know, in particular for us, like we're, we're attempting to fly into, into Sydney, so New South Wales. Um, in the past, 
week. So when we booked our flights, like we kind of spoke about before, there was, I want to say just over 3,000 people allowed into New South Wales every week, right? Yeah. And then since then, they've reduced it to, well, they did it by half to 1,500. And that's when we kind of started sweating. We're like, oh, shoot, the, you know, maybe we're not going to be able to make this. And then just last week, as of Monday, Monday or Tuesday, they had said, uh, actually, no, we're going to reduce that by another 50%. So now it's 750 people per week that they're allowing into New South Wales. Um, our end destination is is Queensland, Sunshine Coast. Yeah. But um, due to having a really great travel agent, he recommended with the kids that we fly into New South Wales because they have better quarantine facilities for families. Yeah. You know, being in a, a suite, right? Yes. And like, that's another point. It's like, we were so fortunate to join. There was another Facebook group I should mention, the Aussies Stuck in Canada or whatever it is. And like they had, we started seeing just before, as Ben mentioned earlier, that he nearly booked these flights that were not even a thing. You know, like Fiji Air. Fiji Air. And I know like there's so many other airlines doing this. Qantas, I know they're doing it as well, where they're selling tickets and they're not flying those planes. So you're buying tickets and then lo and behold, it gets cancelled and you get points or you get a credit a credit but but for most people trying to move back like i mean we're no exception like money is money is tight yeah and can't, stuff the credit yeah i can't <laughs> i can't afford to have you know three thousand dollars worth of flights sitting there with fiji airs that i can use who knows when right yeah when you're not not working or if your freaking visas ended like yeah it's ridiculous it's really stressful so we got the great advice from these groups being like, you need a travel agent, someone that understands this situation better than anyone. And we come across someone in particular who was really fantastic and just sat on the phone with us for hours one night, you know, and he's not getting paid for it until we book with him and yeah. just trying to explain to us the situation of, okay, you guys, like, you need to book with this airline. They're the ones that are being reliable and you need to try and book it at this time because X, Y, Z and... Like, so if you're out there and you're listening to this, trying to get home, join these groups and get in touch with these travel agents that they're saying, because I know this one in particular, he's here at the time. So we booked in May, was it? Yeah. Something like that. He had gotten over 2000 of us home back to Australia, which is just incredible. Like the guy deserves a freaking medal in, in my eyes, but you know, we could have, we were so close to clicking buy these tickets. <laughs> from Fiji Air and we would have just been stuffed. So, yeah. And then further to that, um, the challenges of being an international couple, you know, Ben had to apply for exemptions and yeah, we had to get all of that that running and that in itself, like shout out to the people getting exemptions because oftentimes, you know, there'd been people on there that had been married, like same sort of situation, married with children and exemption denied, exemption denied, and no feedback as to why. And we ended up from these groups finding a great immig immigration agent who was like, okay, this is my fee. This is how I'll help. And she worded our exemption exactly how they need to see it in order to go, yep, green light, come on in. And we were lucky in that sense because I know some people apply six, seven, eight times before they get an, exe an exemption approved. Yeah, and it was actually funny like we're going through the process and the exemption process and she's writing it out and everything like that and I'm kind of scratching my head being like oh is that you know is, are you is sure you relevant? want to do it that way like is that relevant yeah. and she's like she's like Ben look at this so she pulled up how many she had done in like the last you know since they'd started the exemption she'd done over 800 of these um 
in the last, you know, three months or whatever. I was yeah. like, oh shit, okay, I'll just shut my mouth and yeah. and, and pay along. attention and let you, you know, let you do your thing. Um, but it, again, another example of, uh, you know, someone going above and beyond trying to get people home and, you know, she, she empathized with our situation cause her husband was, uh, from China, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's just, it seems like that was, that was her calling and she was exceptional at it. So, um, I guess if we can say anything, it's like utilize, utilize social media for this and utilize these networks. And, um, when people are, you know, giving out these great, uh, you know, recommendations and referrals, like you know, take note, um, cause there are certain names that just keep coming up and coming up Yes, and, uh, it's cause they're, they're incredible people and they're, they're doing their absolute best to, to get all you Aussies home. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, we'll probably have a couple more episodes where we dive deeper into just how much of a crap show it's been for us. But, um, I think that the main thing for us to just, just sort of sum it up with our situation is that we are currently, waiting for a flight on the September 23rd that may or may not happen um, for us. I know it will likely still fly, but we're not in business class. We're in economy. And it, it might not fly actually though, because we've been seeing a lot of flights canceled. Just outright. I think on the, the 12th and the 14th, yeah. those United flights have just been axed, Yeah, which they had originally said they, they weren't going to do. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think they're just, they're kind of they're doing their absolute best and they're, they're trying to shuffle people around. Oh my God. Um, United airlines has been incredible by yeah. the way. Like if you're trying to get, yeah, that's who we're flying with, by the that's way. who we're flying with and so thankful. And they actually have like a dedicated number that you can call, um, to find out day by day information about your Australian flights back home. And I called this number again from the Facebook groups is how I found it. But I uh, called this number and the agent was like, man, like, we are so sorry. We have these full planes and we can only fly like six of you at a time and it's disgusting. And he was saying, I have to call people every day like yourselves and and others in way worse situations, you know, might be coming from a a different spot, an abusive spot, a scary spot, or in a bit more of a pinch with no family or friends or support. And they'll be calling them being like, I'm sorry, you you cannot fly. And the next flight for you is February, 2022. And like the tears and the stories that this man said he was receiving, like it was taking a toll on his mental health alone. Um, so, I mean, I just feel for those agents. They Luckily with us, because we booked with that airline, and I know there are others that have done a similar sort of situation, but you don't have to pay the difference. So say if we do get bumped on that September 23rd flight, which is looking like it's probably likely, um, the good news is we don't have to pay for the difference because the flights right now in February, when I last looked, I think it was like $8,000 a ticket and then business. For a one-way economy ticket. One-way economy. And then business was like $22,000. And people are paying that. Like they're just so desperate to get home. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, and we paid we we paid twenty four hundred uh, each, I think, for yeah. our tickets. Yeah, and then the week after we had booked, they jumped up to, to over five five thousand dollars. Yes, um, and I think what we've heard the way they're kind of prioritizing their their travelers is who's paying the most, and obviously you can't fault them. You're you know you're flying uh, a pretty much an empty empty plane oh, over God, there they yeah. need to they need to recoup some some kind of cost and they're definitely operating these things at a loss so um it, it just is what it is it, it's not their fault at all um so yeah i guess with uh with new south wales now kind of what i had wanted to talk about today mm-hmm. was how um 
it just seems a little COVID's obviously surging there right now and they're they're at you know getting 1800 cases a day i think is what they got yesterday okay yeah um and there's we're still doing the hotel quarantine thing and we understand that and we had which we didn't even mention at the beginning of this like we're vaccinated we've been vaccinated for quite a while with yeah in Moderna, Canada, i think we got in june june 6th i think we've been yeah right is that what it was yeah so yeah. like fully vaccinated completely we're really accustomed to lockdowns like canada where we live in the dead of winter which is, it gets to minus 40 degrees we were stuck inside for months like yeah months and months so we completely empathize with the need for quarantine facility and all that jazz yeah we uh yeah we're we're not we're not strangers to that to nope. that at all no nope. um it just it, it, the it seems to me <laughs> there's a slight double standard when it comes to um, international arrivals who are still citizens. Myself, you know, I I understand, you know, I'm not an Australian citizen yet, um, but my wife is, Janika is, and, and my kids are. Yeah. Um, you know, to even leave the country, we have to have a false uh, COVID test, a yeah. negative COVID test uh, that we have to get three days before we head out. And then obviously when you land, you have to do one, and then I think you have to do one, you know, three days, every three days while you're in, in quarantine. Yeah. Um, but with the amount of community spread, I, I pulled it up yesterday, saying over 80, I think it's 87% of spread for COVID in New South Wales now is from community. community. And then there's 13% of it who are international arrivals. So it's still shocking to me that there's that many that are slipping through the cracks, even with this system. Yeah. But, um, you know, as an Australian, when you land, how is it that... You, how is it any different? Yeah, how is it that you have to, you know, be quarantined yeah. when the community spread is so so rampant right now it seems to me that the you know maybe <laughs> maybe it should narrative. be flipped yeah there's a narrative that you're safer just being you know because you're in australia as yeah. opposed to international and that's just simply not the case right now in, in new south wales no. um you know i, I talked to janique yesterday i was shocked to see that queensland only had 18 cases mm -hmm. it's like that you know, I, that I understand. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't want to be bringing a bunch of, a bunch of it into that country because they've done, or that The vaccine yeah. rollout was slow and yeah. yeah, people were hesitant and, and they weren't able to even access it when they, when they do want it. Like I have friends yeah. in Queensland. I'm, I'm a Queenslander, like I lived in Queensland, but then Ben and I actually met in New South, in Sydney. Like we both lived in Bondi. So, like, I love both states um, and familiar and have friends and family in both states. And, yeah, like, I've got friends in Queensland that have been chomping at the bit to get vaccinated. And, you know, they'll fill out the forms or the email or whatever the heck you have to do that's so intricate and hard. And it's like, damn, like, can't we just open up the pharmacies and, and go in there? But anyway, that's another. <laughs> yeah, know. well, the parallel to Canada there, too, it's like we we were really slow at getting it out and then once once it started to flow it started to flow pretty good and it it did go a little bit quicker yeah um so yeah i it, it's just it, it's been it's been difficult to watch you know the way things have gone and how quickly it's gone gone south yeah yeah for for where we're going right and just like you know i'll be on the phone to my mom every day who's living in queensland and she's like the environment changes daily like every day there's something different that they've got to keep keep on board with and figure out what's going on and what the rules are and I even just like me sitting here in Canada going I'm an Australian and I'm vaccinated how do I you know upload my 
my status into the whatever the system is that we're deciding to use in Australia. I think it's Centrelink and MyGov or, or something. Something. I've got to look into that, obviously. Um, but yeah, like it's it's like, well, I'm vaccinated. Do I count to those vaccination rates? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, they they don't know that I'm vaccinated yet. No, I don't think you. I don't think you would. But I mean. Yeah, we don't really have a great vaccine passport system. We don't have one in in Canada yet either. So like, we we printed off our vaccination records, and it's literally a a piece of paper printed off at the pharmacy showing, you know, that's crap. Yeah, what I've what I've gotten, but there's no there's no link to anything. There's no proof. Like it it seems very like it's not laminated. Yeah, <laughs> you and I could have made it on Microsoft Word. Yeah, in like, you know, yeah, in about five minutes. So it's uh, we're definitely in Canada like. I think we're lagging a little bit on on that front as well. Well, is there a country that has like an official, like beautiful, like I I work in marketing, so it's like, oh, you know, I want it to be this nice official document that's all laminated and lovely and almost like a passport, right? Well, they're like, I mean, it has to be coming because, you know, this certain occupations are saying you need it for work and whatever yeah. else. So, um Again, I think it's just the government is playing catch up just as much as everyone else is, right? Like you said, though, it's like Mickey Mouse. When I freaking saw that piece of paper, I was like, <laughs> how am I going to get to the border in Australia? And he'll say, right, or she will say, right, where's your vaccination status? And I'll pull out this ripped little piece of paper and go, here it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But to your point on the quarantine facilities, like even just thinking about doing that with two children makes me get chills up my spine like that it would be really difficult but the thing is again mentally committed to doing that it was like okay we're just gonna roll in sydney has the better quarantine facilities for families at the moment we're gonna fly in through there um new south wales was also bringing in the largest number of people mm-hmm. at any given time so it's like okay we'll have more of a chance getting in through there super lucky to get on our flight and like mentally i had committed so you know yeah i'm not i don't want to say that I'm, I'm complaining about doing it now because I am fully willing to do it and I I have in my mind I've committed to doing it yes so that hasn't changed um I think that just with the situation changing so much in Sydney now I think it may warrant them looking at it and being like is this like the biggest risk right now are these people our, our biggest risk these or vaccinated we, tested people yeah, returning? Yeah. yeah maybe maybe we need to you know readdress what our what our mindset is and our our, our tactic tactic with yeah. uh you know reducing the spread is because it's you know people like us coming in i i can't really think that we're the highest risk, risk right now because everyone else can sit at home and you know quarantine i'm doing air quotes yeah. like how do you how do you police an entire, you know, twenty eight thousand cases? Yeah, in, in New South Wales, you can't, right? Absolutely, and it just broke my heart. You know, I I'd, I'd be on these. I eventually just had to get off the comment sections because I'd just be freaking seeing red. Um, you know, you see so many people bashing home this idea of like keep them out. Like you had your chance to come home. Like this yeah. is why we've got all these variants. And it's like, guys, like the the rest of the world is operating we we have got to find a way through this and they did find a way through this it's called vaccinations right and it's just been so frustrating to think like the the people who are saying that must just be so um in their own lane right like the world doesn't work like that people travel like australians are everywhere like we love traveling we love meeting people setting up roots in different countries we fall in love in different countries 
Like it's just, it's not a reality that a lot of people live and not the majority anyway. We're an international country for God's sakes. Yeah. And you're an interstate country for sure too. Like, I mean, everyone, everyone that I know there is, you know, they've dabbled in Queensland and WA and, you know, they've lived in Melbourne and you've got family all over the joint. Exactly. So I think like, you know, with the lockdowns happening right now, interstate, um, the empathy level will go up a fair bit for the international travelers because, you know, what else are they going to, how else will you think about it? Right. And it's, it starts to get a little bit, a little bit, uh, ridiculous when you, well, when you boil it down. Yeah. <laughs> well, even like, you know, there's that like kind of what we were touching on earlier about, well, it's not in my state. So, or it's not here. So keep it out. Like, you know, Queensland obviously has those really low, cases and they've done a good job at keeping that and keeping people safe but yeah but you might be in queensland and your you know your daughter or your son might be in new south wales or your grandchildren or whatever right like eventually they're gonna have to if they want to see their their family again or their friends again it's like we're gonna have to learn how to how to live with this and i think that's like the point that you just want to bash home it's like but there was a way to live with it they got it right yeah Yeah. vaccinations was the was the way yeah. yeah. Anyway, we could we could probably you know go back and forth till we're blue in the face about this just because you know it. Uh, we're living it. We're living it. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's and it's frustrating to see the you know a solution that seems to be working, somewhat working at least everywhere else in the world, and it and it not be, you know, moving a little bit quicker uh, where we want to be. But that's that's just not the reality right now. Um, so, kind of we're we're gonna kind of try and wrap it up here, but we have a you know. A WTF moment that yeah. each of us, um, you know, we obviously spend a lot of time in these Facebook groups and, you mm-hmm. know, consuming media about uh, what's happening yeah. over in Australia. So, um, yeah, we just have a little segment here. We want to talk about something that made us kind of scratch our head and be like, what the hell what is the happening hell? in the world? Yeah. So. Yeah. So I've got one. I'll go first. Al. So um, this is kind of, this stu- stood out to me because obviously we've got children too. So there was a person who... Um, shared, you know, my husband, eight month old baby, and I were bumped for the second time this morning. There's nothing available now until next year. We sent our dog home last week at a cost of $12,000, gave up our apartment two months ago, shipped all the stuff home, traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast and spent thousands of dollars doing that. The consulate advised us that we might be able to apply for a one-time $4,000 loan and financial assistance, but that doesn't even cover the flights really. We are now looking at potentially taking legal action. So this was my kind of like, oh my God, what the hell's going on moment. This is before, I guess, I come across this last week, wherefore it was even a thought in my mind that we would be one of those really unlucky people that gets cancelled, which it's looking like we are going to be. We'll probably have an update for you guys on that next time. But yeah, I just went, well, heck, like these people don't have anything and I'll also share, we have a little Yorkie. His name's Jim. He's sitting next to us here and I'm surprised you haven't heard him yet, but he uh, he's not able to travel with us for the first little bit because the prices, like this person had mentioned, it's $12,000 to ship your dog home and we're animal lovers and, and we love our animal and we're really lucky that our brother and sister are going to actually take him and take care of him for the year until the prices go down and we're going to bring our little doggy Jimmy over a bit later on but yeah it's just like holy moly the thought of sending Jim off by himself and then all of our stuff and 
being cancelled for the second time, like my heart just went out to these people with their baby. I was like, oh man, what the hell? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty shocking, especially when you you know you're making massive monetary commitments like that. Like, I think for Jim, when we we got him quoted to to bring him over, it was thirteen thousand five hundred dollars yeah. starting, and then there's still like a, a fair bit of vet testing and stuff like that that we'd have to do on our end here. But um, they're just not, obviously that's not a priority to no. shipping pets and we understand that, but it's just, it, it's something we didn't really even think about. No, so it was we, like, yeah. oh yeah, Jimmy's part of our family. He'll be coming too. And yeah, just not right now, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you don't know what a Yorkie is, they're about, well, he's, he's seven pounds. So about, so cute. you know, three and a half kilos, um, you know, we could fit him in, in Janika's purse. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's pretty it's pretty shocking uh, the price tag associated with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and actually the dogs have to quarantine too. Yeah. Well, they've, usually. They've yeah. always had to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just thought it was funny that the dogs quarantine for 10 days and the people for 14. <laughs> it's like, oh, you never know. You yeah. never know. Yeah. But what was yours? Uh, so mine, um, you know, we were part of a group about Australians doing their, their quarantine. Obviously with kids, it's a huge stressor with us. Um, you know, how we're going to navigate being locked up with, with four walls uh, yeah. with, with the two kids um, for two weeks straight. And, you know, there's tons of helpful little tips and tricks and stuff to pack and activities to do with kids and kind of what to expect, um, you know, to help ease ease their anxiety. So super valuable group. But um, someone posted that there's a post-quarantine questionnaire. Um, and one of the questions, you know, was, you know, a, when, do you, when did you leave quarantine? But then they have the month and then they have the year. And uh, it goes from 2021 all the way up to 2025 right now. Yeah. Right. Um, so we, you know, we are very optimistic people. Uh, so we're looking at, hey, if we get canceled, maybe, you know, maybe they're going to shift the, the quarantine measures. Maybe we're not going to have to do the in hotel. We can do it at home or whatever like that. Um, this was kind of just a, oh, shit. I think we may be a little bit disillusioned that they, this, this isn't, isn't gonna, going anywhere. Yeah, this isn't going to go go away in the next couple months even though they're they're pushing to get that you know 70 percent from gladys is what she's saying yeah. in south wales yeah. 70 to 80 yep. percent so um it doesn't look like that's going anywhere anytime soon so um just again us having to to shift our mindset a little bit well even in terms of you know when the glory days are here and we're back home and we're australians living in australia living it up and then it's like, oh, you know, we need to get back to Canada to see X, Y, Z, or there's this wedding or this event, you know, in two, three years time. Yeah. Will we be able to go and come back and not quarantine? Like they're building these facilities in Queensland that aren't going to be completed until next year, was it? Or at the end of this year? It's like, well, why are we building these facilities if we're going to all be vaccinated? I just, I don't know. It's a bit of a worry, like for sure. Yeah. And it's, again, just adding another layer of... Uh you know, complexity and issues with us being from, from different countries. It's yes. not, we knew it was going to be difficult. You know, one of us was going to be living away from our family, but um, this just adds way more, way more complications. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're trying to see the, uh, the positives of it and see, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, we're exhausted. We also don't sleep because our yeah. baby's five months old, so I'm freaking buggered. Yeah, so it's it's been an interesting journey, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, and so thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to be recording this when we get the chance. Like we said, we've got, you know, our children, but we're going to prioritise just keeping you guys updated on our story and, and where we're at. And um, 
yeah, thanks so much for tuning into our first episode. And I'll also just sort of conclude this by saying we're called Shifting Sprouts. And uh, that kind of comes from, you know, like I mentioned, I'm in marketing and I'm a visual person. We're just sort of moving our roots and changing our family and moving where we're going to call home. So we're shifting our sprouts. But yeah, so remember to subscribe, rate and review us. And welcome to Shifting Sprouts. We'll speak to you guys later.